Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope everybody had a great day today. Not such a great day in the markets today. Going to cover that. Uh, markets actually had a very bad smart money hour, finishing right at the lows of the day across the board. Also today, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, everybody, to your anniversary of the March 23rd, 2020 lows. Uh, hard to believe. God, what a what a what a period that was. Remember that? <laughs> so much has happened. So much happens now that these events seem like they t- happened a decade ago. I mean, it just seems like forever to go that we had the five weeks from hell, 37% decline in the SP 500 um, brutality. Tyler and I were just talking for the podcast, and remember this: we had we had three days where the Dow was. Down 10%, up 8%, down 10%. And, you know, everybody's going, okay, what, what, is this just going to all fall apart? Are we just going to implode here? Liquidity dried up. And it was one of those periods, too, where, and this is what, this is what's troubling. If I had to say there's one thing that concerns me about this market more than anything, it's that component that in times of, uh, of, a, of a crisis, a sell-off like that, we're looking at liquidity crises. That's what we see there. Because there there was no flight to safety trade. You know, everything was going down. Gold, silver, bonds. There was no, there was, there's really no place to hide And um, on, on days like that. And, uh, you know, that, that happened multiple times. That's very uncommon. And so when you see that happen, you go, okay, that means that there's no liquidity. And you know what? From a common sense point of view, you, we understand why, don't we? Because the Federal Reserve and central banks around the world are now both the buyer of first and last resort. This is our system, folks. This is what we have. It's financial engineering. We have our, 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 our financial masters of the universe that run the show. They just run the show, which is what they've always wanted to do. You know, they, they, our central bankers here at the Fed have just been jealous as could be. From about 2001, when Japan started quantitative easing. And they've always wanted to have that opportunity, because that's how they look at it. The more power they have, the, the more ability they have to control things, the more money they make, the bigger rock stars they are. This is now how they, they, this is how, how they, if you've read Bonfire of the Vanities, okay, uh, by Tom Wolfe, you've read Bonfire of the Vanities, then you know what I'm talking about. These are our financial masters of the universe, and it truly is how they see themselves. That's probably why it's not going to end very well. But at the same time, you know, I got to tell you, we, we talked about this on my podcast on uh, Monday, and then Tyler got into it yesterday with his review of what happened during the Weimar Germany uh, uh, hyperinflationary blow up uh, in the uh, 20s. You know, that, that people only remember, they only remember the last year of it, right? Where inflation was so bad that you know, uh, you you know, the German mark wouldn't buy anything essentially, right? Wheelbarrows worth more than the money filling it, and uh, but people had forgotten and don't remember what happened in the lead up to it, much like the Roaring Twenties, right? Well, we know what happened after that it was the Great Depression, right? And 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 the big uh, Black Monday crash. Same thing with dot com. I had this conversation today with. Uh, 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 one of our partners here, from a marketing point of view, about people that remember now dot com that way. 
when you talk about dot-coms, most people think about dot-bomb. They think about, oh, that's when all the NASDAQ stocks fell apart and NASDAQ fell 75%. All those companies, nine out, nine out of 10 companies, internet companies, dot-com companies went out of business, right? People remember that, but that's not my memory. My memory is the five years leading up to it when the NASDAQ went up uh, you know, 575%, right? And the final 18 months of that bull market was just parabolic at like 270%. I remember those days. And so that's really the question that, that, that we, we're spending time on here. And I think that matters most to all of us as far as from a point of view of, number one, making money, which is our primary goal, but also making sense of it. Because inflation comes with a whole lot of positives. It just does. But you've got to get the timing aspects of it right. Right. And so our strategy here and something we're going to spend more time talking about, it's a I think it's a it's a phenomenal strategy that literally everybody should do, because if this is the if this is the long term bull market that we envision it to be, again, driven by in part by inflation, the big bribe, as we've called it here. And we think this market bull market, structurally speaking, is got a long way to go. We're only in two years. Again, happy anniversary, right? Two year anniversary of a new bull market is what we're at now today of the bottom and the beginning of a new one. So these tend to last several years. So if that's going to be the case, and if this market's going to where we think it is, 100,000 on the Dow, 40,000 on NASDAQ, maybe higher. If it's a hyperinflationary melt-up, then a lot higher. Okay, A couple of years ago, the number one performing stock market on, in the, on the planet was Venezuela's stock market. It was up 1,200% in a year. That sounds great. But their currency was, of course, completely devalued. So how do, you, how do you make sense of that? How do you trade that? How do you make money from it? That's what we're going to spend a lot of time with you here on and with our VRA clients and members, you know, uh, making sure that we get those conversions right, you know, because you've got to know when to move from one asset class to another or you get caught up in the, in, in the, in the health storm, like the five-week 37% collapse we had uh, for coronavirus insanity. But one of the strategies that makes sense for a lot of people that we think everyone should be using here, and again, we're going to spend more time on this, if that's the environment we're going into, every year take 20% of your profit from the stock market and buy physical gold and silver. Because folks, if you think, oh, I'm just going to time it perfectly, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going to roll all my stock market gains until the top's in place, and then I'm going to go buy gold and silver. Here's the problem with that, and this is a problem we've seen throughout history. What if they what if they banned gold and silver? I don't think they're going to go door to door, right? You still be able to store it and hide it if you want to, probably, okay? But you won't be able to buy it. You wouldn't be able to buy it because anybody that owns it won't want to sell it. Not that you couldn't find some private transactions, but from dealers and uh, you know your local dealers, online dealers, etc. They won't have any inventory. And any that comes in, they are buying for themselves. That's physical gold and silver. That's why it makes so much sense to use a strategy over time of taking 20% of your profits every year, rolling into physical gold and silver. Because as you know from, from our podcast here, what we've been talking about a lot, you know, last year we went very aggressively into, I'm just going to say, kind of more hard assets. You know, we, Precious metals, miners, energy, right? commodity plays that, again, primary prime benefactors of inflation and that's exactly what we're seeing isn't it and so 
the, 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 the thinking there is that this is the beginning of a multi-year bull market in precious metals and miners. I'll talk more about that in a moment because we actually had an interesting development take place today in silver as well. We, we tend to be pretty focused here on gold and the miners, but silver it represents also a phenomenal opportunity here. Let's get to the markets quickly here. Dow Jones, uh, here, I'll do this. Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ all finished down right at 1.3% of the day. Again, at the lows of the day for every broad market index, not a good smart money hour. Uh, all that good vibe we had from yesterday is now gone. Yesterday was a good day with good internals. Actually, internals today weren't terrible, by the way. Uh, sloppy action. I don't think it's a market that can be trusted yet. That's just, we, we've been saying it's a 50-50. It's either we're still in a bull market. Of course, NASDAQ actually went into a bear market. We're still in a, bull, a structural bull market. Or this is going to be a bear market rally, and we're going lower. And I, we don't have that answer. Uh, we're at 6 out of 12 screens, bullish on the VR investing system. That's neutral. And um, that's, that's how we see the markets. Essentially, we're neutral on what this, whether this is a bull market a bear market rally or the lows are in place. And I think it may be both. You know, I think the lows probably are in place. Uh, frankly, we'd love to see a double bottom. Uh, we've, we've, you know, we've raised some cash here. We'd love to see a double bottom, get an opportunity to buy some tech again at uh, maybe some panic lows. Should we get those again? Another blood in the streets kind of moment. Also, Russian, the Russian markets are about to reopen. I believe I saw today the uh, the Russian uh, a stock exchange in Moscow begins trading on Thursday, which is tomorrow. And so uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. We want to have positions there. So again, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a fast-moving market. There's a lot going on, and you can't buy everything. So you got to buy only what makes the most sense for you at that time. Uh, but again, all three uh, major broad market indexes down 1.3% today, closing at the lows of the day. Also, Rust 2000 was down 1.7%. It's going the other way now as well. Uh, one uh, one development there yesterday, which was really good to see, the S&P 500 got back above its 200-day moving average, and it's back below it again. So that looks like a possible failed breakout above the 200-day. Certainly, it, it actually is today. Uh, as far as the other major indexes, NASDAQ, Dow Jones, Russ 2000, they haven't come close really. To, Dow Jones got within 1%. Of the 200-day, didn't you know? Didn't quite get above it, and uh, Nasdaq and Russell 2000 is still about as of today's close. I believe right at six to six and a half percent below the 200-day. Uh, we will not become aggressively bullish again until we are back above the 200-day moving averages for at least seven business days, seven trading days is the approach we use here, and then we can say it's a fairly, fairly good assumption that the lows are in place. But uh, until then. We're nimble. You know, we're nimble. That's our approach. Very heavy in precious metals, miners, and energy. Those are working, and we, we want to do what's working in this market. So uh, there you go. Um, what else today? Hmm. Got a few notes all over the place here. Well, let's get right to the internals here because I want to spend a little bit of time on commodities today. That's, again, where our interest is. Today, again, the internals, not bad. Not bad at all, actually. Uh, volume for both NYSE and NASDAQ, only slightly negative. Only slightly negative. Uh, that's, that, that surprised me when I saw it at the close. Uh, NYSE volume, only negative by about $300 million worth of trading. NASDAQ, negative by about $600 million worth of trading. But again, those, that's, not, that's not a lot. Uh, as far as advanced decline, 
more negative there. We're right at two to one negative NYSE and uh, just a little bit less than two to one negative on NASDAQ. And 52 high low, you know, frankly, very boring today. <laughs> it's, you know, instead of get, that's, a, that's a plus. Instead of getting four, five, 600 stocks hitting new 52 week lows, we only had 114 on NASDAQ, only 80 on NYSE. It, frankly, was only negative by uh, maybe 30, 40 issues total. So that's not bad at all. Uh, again, you know, it's just sloppy market. It, it just is a sloppy market. And we'll have to wait and see whether or not this is a bear market rally or uh, what's going to happen next. Uh, in our uh, sector watch today, we had, uh, what is that, nine sectors finished lower, two finished higher, led to the downside by financials, healthcare, uh, both down 1.8%, technology down 1.5%, energy was our winner today, up 1.7%, big move higher in, uh, in uh, oil, and uh, utilities also slightly higher. I uh, want to check real quick on the semis. Semis today down two and a half percent. So they actually are leading lower. Again, still below the 200 day. You know, again, like NASDAQ, like the Qs, uh, we want to see this group lead. Until this, until technology leads, we're not going to call this an exciting bull market. At best, it will be a, a meandering bull market. You, uh, this is, again, financial engineering has brought us. This is the reality. If tech's not leading... It's not a great market. That's just been the case for a very long time, and I think that's actually the smart way, smart money way to play it. Um, okay, uh, let's get to commodity watch. So I'm going to spend a couple minutes there. Uh, again, really good day today. Pretty much right on cue, frankly. This group is trading, as I would call it, like it's supposed to. Uh, it's predictable, and it has been from the uh, first shots fired, okay, where we saw the highs put in place for gold, silver, and oil. Boom. Everything plummeted, right? First shot's fired. Thank you, Ted Parsons, my first mentor, for teaching me that. But then that was the tradable low. Since then, of course, gold and oil has skyrocketed. Of course, uh, after uh, you know, after we actually saw war break out, gold has uh, skyrocketed. Oil has skyrocketed. Gold now was up today, $25 an ounce solid date, finishing right at the highs of the day at $19.47 an ounce. Matter of fact, that's right at the highs. Uh, silver today also up a big $0.43 cents at $25.33. Of note, silver today had a golden cross buy signal. The 50-day crossing the 200-day, which is the highest probability golden cross, the one that actually features the biggest returns once it takes place. That took place today in silver. We like silver. We love gold, of course, as well. Gold, last week, gold had a 50-day uh, a 50 day cross to today, golden cross, and had a golden cross where the 100-day crossed the 200-day. Both of those took place within four days of each other. Not all that common, but again, these are big buy signals for this group, right? Big buy signals for this group. Um you know what? I believe I got that confused. Let me get this right. I believe that Golden Cross was in GDX in the minor ETF. Let me just pull up the chart real quick. That's correct. Yeah, the Golden Cross was in uh, was in, uh, in, in in GDX last week. Both of the Golden Crosses last week were in GDX. Uh, we although we've also had Golden Crosses in gold uh, that took place uh, in February and March. So it's happened for the whole group. And you know, again, after first shots fired. This group has now consolidated, right? Pulled back to solid support. I'm talking about for gold, silver, and the miners. And now, stochastics, the momentum oscillators have reached oversold levels. 
and these charts have held up fantastically and now ready to go. We love this group. I actually, we focused on it all week today with our, our VRA members here uh, because there are so many things that are giving buy signals for this group. You know, all, as they say, all the stars are aligned as, because they are. We're getting outperformance from GDX to gold. This is one of the classic indicators that, that bulls and bears look at in this group and, and really in the commodity group period. When the underlying equity is outperforming the underlying commodity, that is a buy signal and reversal is true. The inverse is true as well. You know, it works both ways, but that's just been the case here. For example, today, GDX up 2.4% today, while gold was up 1.2%. So basically two to one outperformance. These big bull markets that happen in commodities, it's pretty common, pretty common to see the miners outperform three to one, four to one, and to happen for an ongoing period of time. One thing I will note, the volume is still pretty much, there's nothing to speak about in the miners. That's how we know that this group has not officially broken out yet because the, the, the volume has just been nothing. That'll change when this group gets red hot. Trust me, folks, that, that's when you'll know. When you've got back-to-back -back days of 70, 60, 70, 80 million shares traded in GDX instead of the 20 million we got today, uh, then you'll know that investors are waking up. They haven't yet. This group is unloved and under-owned. And as a contrarian, you love that. Uh, less than 3% of the world as far as a global po uh, investing population, has a position in precious metals. That is really low. And remember, so many people sold, sold gold and silver to buy Bitcoin. You know, I'm not going to uh, cast aspersions that was good or bad, although I will tell you, not a real fan, not a big fan at all of the, the Bitcoin crowd that, that likes to uh, make fun of, of gold owners. You know, that always hit me the wrong way. That's Why would you want to do that? You know, uh, you know, I, I, that made me want to sell Bitcoin. It actually is one of the reasons I did. I got tired of seeing it. You know, I think that that brings some bad juju and some bad karma. Uh, it's very tacky, you know, to, to say uh, they suck by us. You know, that's just not the way you build a brand. And so, um, it's one of those esoteric reasons that the Kipparis looks at. But again, not only is the are the miners leading; they're leading by a significant margin. This month, it's been parabolic. But you can go back, this, this group started leading last October. So this has been putting in a really solid base for this group. And as you know, in addition to all the other reasons to love this group, all right, golden crosses, fiat currency, money printing, record amounts of debt, all the reasons, inflation, all the reasons you typically want to own precious metals in the miners. Guess what else is going on? Fed rate hikes. We have another Fed rate hike cycle, folks. And that is incredible. It flies in the face of what you would think would be the case. Because everybody loves to say, when rates are going up, don't own gold. And they, they always say, well, the reason is because gold doesn't pay a dividend, doesn't pay interest. And people can will sell the gold to, to get bonds or whatever is going to pay them a little money. And I've never believed that because it's really not based in reality. The truth of the matter is, if you look at, going back to the, like the last 20 years, okay, and I, I happen to know this to be true. Number one, I'm looking at the chart in front of me. But number two, in my second ever investment newsletter for the VRA in 2003, second one ever, I think it was May, June of 2003, I recommended gold, silver, and the miners. Now, GDX didn't exist then, the miner ETF, so I had to recommend Newmont Mining, which is how I played it, and a couple other smaller caps, like just gold. But 
which we still own today, by the way. It's now our third time in Vista. Love this stock here, by the way. Turquoise Hill, as you know, uh, we've been recommending it for forever. Uh, it's being bought out now by, or they're attempting to buy it out. Rio is. Stock's been on a tear up to about $30 a share now uh, for Turquoise Hill, I think going higher. I, I hope they don't take anything less than 42 42 in the buyouts world. And I also have, I hope it happens in half cash and half stock, which I think is a decent probability uh, based on what I'm being told. But again, recommended this group 2003 gold was 375 an ounce silver four dollars and 75 cents an ounce and boom here came 17 straight rate hikes and what did gold silver and the miners do went pretty much parabolic for a long time uh again gold went from three uh, a low as low as 300 dollars an ounce in, in 2003 to $1,900 an ounce folks in 2011 that's a big move over a compressed eight, nine period year period of time, right? And it was interrupted by the financial crisis, right? Had the big shakeout again, no liquidity. Everything fell. Uh, that was disconcerting to a lot of people, including me, because we owned this group pretty aggressively. And we go, wait a minute, I own gold and silver in the miners. Why are they getting smashed? Where's the flight to safety trade? Uh, only bonds. I see it's only bonds now, right? Uh, and so that was uh, problematic. But again, at the end of 2008, a phenomenal bottom was put into place for this group. And then QE, of course, started, and that resulted in the next pop higher that ultimately took gold to $1,900 an ounce. But again, from 2003 to 2011, a massive bull market in this group that all started with those 17 straight rate hikes from the Fed from 2004 to 2006. See the same thing again when Trump became president, of course, the Fed hate Trump, right? Hate, really, really hate Republicans, presidents. Here we go. Eight straight rate hikes under Trump. What did, what did gold, silver, and the miners do? Boop, right? Not, not, nothing like the move that had taken place before, but still a really good move. Uh, a bull market move higher, 100% plus in gold. Miners went up by over 300%. So very, very good move. And again, what's happening now? Well, after Rona, okay, more QE, right? So guess what? Now we got the rate hikes coming. And, and what do you think? Gold, silver, and the miners. Now they're taking off. Again, the key point, gold, silver, and the miners love Fed rate hikes. If you know anybody saying that's not true, you probably should find someone else to work with because these charts aren't hard to access. And again, we're all over this group, folks. I think it's going, this is the beginning, I believe, of a long-term massive bull market in this group. Come and join us. We've got our favorite stocks, our mining stocks. I'll tell you exactly how we're, how we're going to use it. How we're going to trade them, because it won't be straight up parabolic, you know. Some of these you want to hold for the long run, others not so much. And uh, we are now looking at adding another mining stock. We're narrowing that list. Uh, we're, we're pretty picky uh, in this group, so it's got to be the right one. And we just hadn't found it quite yet, but we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, but anyway, come and join us at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. Get a two-free-week trial. Check it out. And you know what? Uh, I hope you stick around. I, I, uh, uh, we'd love to have you with us. Uh, but we love the group here uh, for all the reasons that I just went through and I think is going to continue because it's, it, again, they just are. The, the planets are, the stars are aligned, folks. They, they just are. And we'll see what happens next. Um, also today, oil today, again, a big day today in oil, up uh, $5.11 a barrel at one fourteen twenty six. You know, we know some really smart people that we work with here. Great contacts and sources of ours. Oil's going a lot higher. You know, 
we, 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 Tyler made this call, you know, uh, well over a year, year and a half ago that oil was going past 100. That happened. And, and now our call is 150. 150 by year end. That's my call. Uh, I, Tyler's got his own call. <laughs> I think he may be going higher than me even. But 150 is the target by year end for oil. And the difference being this time, we don't think it's going to be a spike and then a reversal. In other words, there won't be enough demand destruction because of high prices to make up for the really screwed up supply demand situation that exists. And Russia only make it worse, is making it worse. Of course, we know about all of the deliverability issues and shipping issues and all these. Oh, it's Biden. It's Team Biden. That's the reason. It's intentional destruction that's happening with the worst president, uh, worse than Bush, worse than Obama. Uh, Biden is doing this and it's intentional, folks. And that's what that's the wild card that concerns us the most. We write about it often. We talk about it here often. Uh, we've been talking about it since Rona, right? There weren't a series of accidents and horrible mistakes that our rulers made in the U.S. and globally. They made, all made them together and they're all intentional. That should concern us. It does concern us, right? All of us, right? We see what's happening here. And so the, the, the concern becomes, okay, at some point, that's got to catch up to the stock market, right? I don't know about that, but I, I, I know it's catching up to gold, silver, and the miners. I know that's the flight to safety trade that I care most about right now, and oil, of course. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I have one other theory I can put out there. I've talked about a little bit before is that, you know, if Biden loses his constitu his financial constituency, his Wall Street constituency, his money constituency, then it's really over for Democrats. So that's kind of the thing they've got to keep. They've got to keep the economy and they've got to keep the markets going. But boy, they sure don't act like it, do they? They sure don't act like it. So uh, we all have the same questions. It's, it's a mystery to all of us uh, what is going on with Team Biden because we know uh, Joe Biden is running nothing at all uh, anywhere. Uh, and certainly not Kamala Harris either. Wow, what a what a what a bizarre. We are we are right for a takeover, you know. If we were a company, uh, there'd be somebody bigger trying to take us over. So, you know, when you hear about the communists taking over the country, I don't believe it's a, I don't believe it's a conspiracy theory at all. I think demoralization is happening, uh, which is why you know uh, men are competing in women's sports and they pretend it's normal, right? There's nothing normal about this. If you have testicles, you shouldn't compete against women. It's not complicated. You know, then you're uh, erecting, uh, making statues and making heroes out of thugs like George Floyd. And there's a lot of other thugs, by the way. It's not a race issue, all right? Every, every Republican, most every Republican, every Democrat, all our politicians, they're thugs. The FBI, thugs. Justice Department, thugs. These are the people that have the power, and our founding fathers' statues are being taken down, and their reputations are being destroyed, right? This is what uh, uh, Cloud Pippen talked about, of, of how you take down a, a democracy. This is how you install communism, by demoralizing the people, making them think that left is right, right is wrong, up is down, down is up. Our media can't be trusted. They destroyed all of that. Again, these are not unintentional this is all intentional destruction. It's communism attempting a takeover of the U.S. It is a republic, but at least a democracy, if you want to call it that. It's happening before our eyes, folks. I think more people ought to wake up to it. I know you agree with me. We hear from you all the time. Uh, but uh, we can't be loud enough about this. We cannot, we cannot raise our voices loud enough about this and try to wake people up before it is too late. Because this happened right before our eyes. 
And, you know, the, my concern, I'll just, I'll wrap with this. In midterms, you know, look, look at what's going on in Ukraine, okay? I don't know how anyone's on Team Ukraine. I just don't know. Look, we, none of us want to see civilians killed, and we all hate to see millions and millions of, of, of Ukrainian people having to leave the country. That's awful. But that's a completely separate issue from the fact that Ukraine is now a dictatorship, and that this guy, Zelensky, is <laughs> all of a sudden became a multi-billionaire, or at least a billionaire oligarch, right, in the most corrupt country on the planet, as being an actor, just a bizarre story there, okay? Puppet for sure. These people can't be trusted. And now it's a complete uh, uh, dictatorship where they've outlawed all political parties' opponents, the, of the, the, they consider opponents, outlawed. All their media combined into one media. So there's no dissenting voice. Folks, I don't know about your experience, but my memory of dictatorships is when they get power, they tend not to give it back. They tend not to give it back. And so if you're on Team Ukraine, you, you somehow are, are, are backing this. I don't, I don't get it. It's not our fight anyway. That's the bottom line. We have no business. We've got our own problems. Our southern border is open. Again, demoralization, the takedown of the country is a communist attack against this country. And uh, we'd all better wake up. Uh, and, and start calling things what they are. You know, it's amazing what Twitter is doing, banning people for calling the swimmer a man and for calling uh, women walking around pretending to be men, men because they are, and they're banning them from Twitter. It's just insane. Again, demoralization, this is not an accident. It's another intentional form of destruction happening from our all-powerful beings in big tech in Silicon Valley. Uh, boy, if we had an honest justice department, these folks would be locked up. They'd be locked up. There'd be trials going on left and right. Mark Zuckerberg would be in would be behind bars for 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 rigging, helping to rig the 2020 election, and for continued censorship and uh, deplatforming of, of of people only because of their political viewpoints. You know, this political uh, uh, demonization is taking place. Political basically prisoners from January the sixth are still locked up, right, for just simply being American patriots and caring about the fact that we had a presidential election that was rigged. This all has to change. And we have to make sure it changes by waking up and waking others up. But it starts with us, doesn't it? Change always starts with us. Let's get educated, as I know you all are. Let's talk to people about this. This country is getting red-pilled. The planet's getting red-pilled. There's no question about that. And all of these, uh, you know, uh, uh, megalomaniacs, okay, that are running things, they make up less than 1% of the population. The numbers are clearly on our side. So, uh, you know, we've just got to get organized, and I think we need that one leader. There's always one leader, isn't there? We always need one leader that has the, in my, I believe it would be a Democrat. I believe this, if it's going to happen, I know I'm getting off topic, I believe it'd be a Democrat. I believe it'd be a Democrat, because they'd have to listen then. You know, maybe a Joe Manchin type, you know, uh, if you've seen uh, Tulsi Gabbard, boy, she's making her voice known and they're, you know, they're, they're attacking her like crazy. Right. So we'll see. Again, I, I, I'm a man of faith and I, and I know that America is, is, is going to win this battle. Uh, but uh, boy, they're coming at us hard. OK, uh, finally today, Bitcoin uh, closing at the turn right now, 42,406. I think I think that's down a bit on the day. Uh, been a little quiet there. All right, folks, that's it. Always appreciate you listen. 
Please keep the uh, feedback coming, and uh, we'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.